This is the Evangelical Church of Bermuda's weekly sermon podcast. Thank you for joining us. Here is this week's sermon. Our scripture reading for today is from 1 Peter chapter 2, and we'll be reading uh, verses 9 through 12. So that's 1 Peter chapter 2, verses 9 through 12. Hear the word of the Lord. But you are a chosen race, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, a people for his own possession, that you may proclaim the excellencies of him who called you out of darkness into his marvelous light. Once you were not a people, but now you are God's people. Once you had not received mercy, but now you have received mercy. Beloved, I urge you as sojourners and exiles to abstain from the passions of the flesh which wage war against your soul. Keep your conduct among the Gentiles honorable so that when they speak against you as evildoers, they may see your good deeds and glorify God on the day of visitation. Let us pray. Father, what an encouraging few verses that we have looked at and read this morning. Father, thank you that we can, we can hear uh, our brother and missionary Mark Hall expound on these. Thank you for the, the emphasis that, that we are, are taking this month to, to be thinking outside of these walls and outside of our, even outside of our borders in regard to the gospel work, the kingdom work uh, that you are accomplishing around the globe. And thank you that it starts right here, right here in our communities, right here in our, in, our, in our country. Father, would you help us to be faithful in, in carrying these mercies that you have entrusted to us, to others who are in desperate need. Father, would you would you go before us and give us a, a heart toward the lost? May that be our greatest, inherit, our greatest desire for an inheritance, that you would give us the lost. For we know, Father, that, that the soul never perishes. And we desire for, for more to be brought in to the kingdom of God, more to be able to sit before that wedding feast of the Lamb. We marvel at the fact that we were even counted as guests. And we pray that many more would be as well. Please bless our brother Mark as he speaks today and, and as, as a number of his team are here and they, and they give a, a word as well, 
Thank you that we can be encouraged through them. And thank you for the, the ministry uh, of Word of Life here in Bermuda and around the globe. Uh, thank you that we can give toward uh, the work here and, and the work that Word of Life is doing in other parts of the world as well. So be with them in a special way we ask. We thank you in Jesus' name. Amen. All right, uh, children, now is your time uh, for, your, for your program, and so you can make your way uh, over to the steps. You know where to go, don't you? Uh, if you're new here and you don't know where your child goes, uh, just, uh, just head over to the, to the steps over here, and um, they'll be taken good care of. And if, if you'd like to go over there with them, that's fine as well. Uh, and, and if you want to help get them situated too, that's fine. Uh, however you'd like to do it is fine with us. I see uh, the Word of Life team coming toward me, and so I'll... I'll turn it over to them now. Uh, God bless you guys. Well, good morning, Evangelical Church family. It's good to be with you again. And uh, I decided to bring the whole team just because I get tired of hearing me say thank you. I'm always thankful, but it's better when you hear some other folks say thank, thank you and you see some of the folks who are... Uh, behind the scenes and doing the work at Word of Life. Unfortunately, we couldn't have everybody here today. Ed's pre preaching at another church, and one of our interns is still sick, so uh, keep praying for Casper. Uh, I'm going to have, um, we're going to just say thank you for different parts of what God is doing at Word of Life, and uh, each one of our staff members is going to highlight a different part. Many of you at Evangelical have a part in some of these departments and ministries of Word of Life that we're doing. And uh, we just want to say thank you uh, in a little bit different way. So I'm going to have Socorro come first, and she's going to talk about the thrift store. Good, good morning, um, and thank you for having us here. I just want to say, um, first of all, <laughs> that thank you for um, your prayers and your support. Um, we're very, very thankful for um, the support that we um, get from this church. Um, for Restart, I, I want to thank the volunteers, um, their faithfulness, their commitment. Um, I was telling Mark that it's a God thing when um, people just come faithfully every week and sort clothes, you know, other people's clothes. And, um, and they enjoy it. You know, um, most of our volunteers, they just have um, a joyful um, attitude. And it just encourages me. I uh, do the schedule. So it's just encouraging um, to have um, these faithful um, people, um, volunteers that come out every week. Um, I also thank God for um, putting it in um, Matt Mello's mind and heart. He is one of our board members um, to start the Restart um, store um, about two years ago. Um, I think his idea came about way before the pandemic, but it was just on time. So another God thing, you know, God just always knows um, his timing is always perfect. Um, and through the thrift store, um, we're able um, just to meet um, needs for the community and also for Grace Island and Word of Life. Um, it's, it's, I just want to say it's encouraging, and I just thank God for your support, for your prayers. Um, 
and God bless you. Thank you. Good morning, everyone. Uh, I would also like to say thank you. Evangelical Church um, supports me personally, and I'm very grateful. Um, one of the two churches on the island that supports me, and I'm very grateful for your support, both financially and through prayer. Um, so I'm going to talk about two different things. The first thing I'm going to talk about is the Race for Grace Island. And this year, my husband, Sean Trott, who could not be here today, he had to play piano at our church. Um, but he has organized a fundraising program to help raise funds for Grace Island as he runs the Bermuda Day Marathon. Um, and so far, he has raised a little over $2,000. But um, we're encouraging anyone else who is going to participate in the May 24th, well, the Bermuda Day Half Marathon Derby, or any other part of the race, whether it's the cycling, the relay, even the children's race, um, if you would like to sign up to help raise funds for Grace Island that way, then you can um, see me afterwards and I can show you how to sign up. Um, or if you would like to give towards Sean or any of the other runners who are racing for Grace Island this year, you can do that as well online. Um, this year we're also starting a new summer intern program. So with the de development of Grace Island as a rentable facility, we have created the need for a lifeguard certified CPR trained staff to help us run the island, water slide and other activities. We are inviting high school seniors and college-aged Christian teens and young adults to work with Word of Life each summer and earn money toward their following year's tuition. We wanted to help our college-age youth not have to make the decision between doing ministry and having to go and find a job. So we've created this program where they can work alongside Word of Life for the whole summer and still get money toward their um, schooling for the next year. So each year we aim to involve eight interns for five to ten weeks of summer. And if you'd like to learn more about our summer intern program, you can see one of us after the service. Good morning and thank you for having us, ECB family. Um, may the Lord bless the ministry that goes on at this church. And speaking of ministry, uh, Anna-Marie touched on it briefly. Word of Life and Grace Island have decided this year that we can no longer postpone ministry happening on Grace Island. So what we have decided to do as a collective body is to have summer camp with what we have created and what has been constructed on Grace Island. Um, unfortunately, that means that some things will not be ready. Um, for example, we won't have any grass but it will still be an opportunity to play on some dirt and still have some fun at the same time. Um, the buildings will be fully built, um, so the new campers and those that are coming back will be able to experience that, as well as just having the opportunity to hear the gospel for the first time and helps us as a Word of Life staff reconnect with the kids because we haven't had a chance to be in the schools. So the only ministry is through Olympian club, teen clubs on the various churches. So this is an opportunity to bring all of that together, have them invite their friends, and have new opportunities to minister to kids from various parts of the island so they can hear what Jesus did for them and see it in our lives. So we're really praying that this happens. 
um, and it gives glory to God in everything that we do. And we ask that you pray for us as well. And if you want to help, you can also see one of us, um, kitchen staff. We can even take a counselor if you're of the right age. Um, everyone's a child at heart, so feel free to talk to us later if that's what you want to do and be a part of that ministry. Thank you once again. Good morning, good morning. So first things is I'm a new face around here, so I just wanted to introduce myself. My name's Asher Thompson. This is my wife, Kaylee, over here, and we are interns with Word of Life. Um, I'm going to talk a little bit about career missionary interns. So we have both former interns, Malachi Hall and Bernadette Cabrera, who you may know, um, are now serving in full-time ministry. Malachi's here as a part of our team here in Bermuda, and Bernadette is on the counseling team in Word of Life New York. We have one other intern other than myself and my wife. His name's Casper. He's from Denmark, and he's sick this morning. He couldn't be with us. But the three of us, um, we would love to be full-time missionaries, and so we're here to get training and see how Word of Life does things. And so be on the lookout for us. You'll see us in, in the clubs and some of the different churches and in, in the local schools as well as working camp this summer. And please pray for us because um, we're, we're really praying about where God's leading us to, to get involved full time. So thank you. Good morning, Evangelical Church family. We'd like to thank you for investing in Word of Life Bermuda and in all of the youth in Bermuda. We are so grateful for your support and your encouragement. You give to us by way of monthly missionary support as well as toward our special projects and our special project right now is Grace Island and you've heard much about that. And that support has come from your missions conferences and your Thanksgiving uh, services. And you have also invested in our young people over so many years by way of giving camp scholarships and giving young people an opportunity to attend our camp and hear the gospel and get to know Jesus and grow in their relationship with the Lord. You have been a big part of Word of Life. And thank you is just two small words and it just seems like it's just not enough to say, we are just so grateful for your support. We could not do it without you. And we are so thankful for the lives that have been saved as a result of your investment toward Word of Life Ministries. Thank you so much. Thank you. Well, I appreciate you uh, hearing from the team. I know that was a bunch of stuff and uh... We do want to say thank you. You heard about the Grace Island. Pastor Paul talked about the Grace Island project. We are on a campaign to get that last 300,000 in the door. And uh, he said 2,228 is left. And I counted before I left this morning or last night, and we are right at the $200,000 mark left. So the 28 disappeared, it, it's in. And uh, we have 200,000 more to raise. Uh, and Donnie says that will be enough. I like that. Um, I do want to recognize him, though. Um, I don't know where he's hiding, but I, I just want to 
recognize Donnie, and I'm going to ask him to stand up. He loves all this attention, I know. But I just want us to thank him again. We're going to officially thank him when it's all over, but he has given so much of his time, his energy, and uh, his creativity to this project. He oversees the actual crew, works for him. Um, that's on the island, the construction crew. He negotiates the costs, the materials, just everything that he's doing to make this project work. And uh, thank you so much, Donnie, for your investment. Um, we have organized a, a uh, trip to the island again this Saturday. Uh, this is the end-to-end -end walk Saturday, so be careful if you're going to walk all day and then fall asleep on the boat going over to the island. But we want to invite you. If you are interested in seeing the progress of the island and you've given to it already, or you're interested in seeing uh, how much more is left to do, we are going to have a, uh, a boat taking some folks over um, this Saturday, uh, 6 o'clock. Uh, check with the church office or see Donnie, uh, and uh, we'll, have the we'll have the actual location. I think it's going to be going from Hamilton. Uh, at 6 o'clock to 8.30, if you want to allow that in your schedule to go and see the progress on Grace Island, we'd love to have you join us. And also uh, invite a friend who may want to help us make it to that last 200,000 uh, and see the progress. It, it means a whole lot when you can see what has happened uh, with all this investment in the ministry. Um, so 200,000 more to go. Keep praying. Thank you for everyone who has given this church has given so substantially. Your missions project, your main missions project last year was the Grace Island Project, and we thank you so much for that. And then you gave again at Thanksgiving time, and we appreciate that. And uh, thank you for having us on the list again. Um, in the message today, the Lord's going to encourage us to be busy until he comes, and he's coming soon. So uh, he obviously has put this whole thing together, and... Uh, Thank you so much for your part in believing what God's doing through Grace Island and through the ministry of Word of Life. All right, turn in your Bibles, if you have them with you, to that passage that Pastor Paul read. Um, we're going to be in 1 Peter chapter 2. And uh, I've been talking to churches around the Caribbean and um, here in Bermuda as well. And uh, I know you experience it here in Evangelical as well. It's like we're, we're slowly coming back to normal, yeah? Some folks have gotten used to doing stuff in their pajamas, um, doing meetings from home, uh, doing church online, and they haven't gotten back involved in doing things at church uh, because it's still not safe. Well, I'm not so sure it's not safe anymore. I think we've just gotten comfortable in the relaxed mode. And hopefully today the Lord is going to encourage us that it's time to jump out of relaxed mode and let's get going because the Lord is coming soon. Verse 9 of 1 Peter chapter 2, Paul already read it for us. I'm just going to read. We're going to look at the phrases and think about what these phrases mean for us today as we look at God's word. Verse 9 says, But you are a chosen generation, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, his own special people that you would proclaim the praises of, or the excellencies of him who called you out of darkness into his marvelous light. 
We live in a generation, um, I call it the everybody's a winner, everybody gets a trophy t-ball mentality. Um, everybody gets praised today. You're good, you're wonderful, you're fantastic. And you get to hear that all the time. Um, I know some of us who are athletic coaches get a little upset by that because everybody has the happy, you know, nobody's got that drive anymore to be the winner and to, and to win the, the real trophy. Um, so there's a balance that we have to have in all of that when it comes to competitivism and inclusion of everybody. But we do get to hear lots of praises. Um, and when you see a passage like this, there's a tendency to just go, oh, those are just nice words that God's saying about us as Christians. But I want us to think about what that, those phrases really are. Listen to them again. The first one is, you are a chosen generation. This is Peter talking to us as Christians, both Jews, Gentiles, from all nations all over the world. This is, a, this is in his letter to the dispersed Jewish believers, but also to all of us that we are a chosen generation. The first three phrases, chosen generation, holy nation, royal priesthood, are mainly phrases that were given to the nation of Israel. They were God's geographic chosen ethnic people and they still are they're still the people that God is going to use it's still the nation through whom the Messiah came God is still has a plan for the nation of Israel but here he's trying to get us as Christians to realize that even though we represent many ethnicities and many people groups around the world we are God's chosen people and I want you to think about that for a minute. Even in this local church, we, we represent at least a dozen, if not more, countries sitting in this crowd today. Those of you listening to my voice. It doesn't matter where you come from, it matters where you're going. We're one chosen generation. The next thing says we are a holy nation. For the Jews, they were one nation. But for us, we represent all bunches of uh, nations, but we've been saved and transformed by the power of Jesus Christ in our hearts. So you say, well, why does he call us one holy nation? I can tell you from the spiritual realm, when the devil and the demons look at the whole world, they know about geographic boundaries of countries, and we know what it's like right now because it's in the news, right? Uh, Russia is coming across the boundary into um, other countries and taking their land that clearly doesn't belong to them. So we understand that the devil knows there are geographical lines. But I can tell you that when the devil and the demons look at the world, they see a nation of people in whose hearts the Holy Spirit dwells. People whom God can use to impact and is using to impact people all over the planet. Think about it for one moment. Today, right now, while you're listening to me, there are people who are coming to faith in Jesus Christ and being born again right now. If you could see the whole globe, it's like lights are coming on all the time. People are coming to Christ. But we tend to get lost in, 
Are you from Europe? Are you black? Are you white? Are, we, get, we get, are you Bermudian? Are you from overseas? Are you an expat? Are you working on a work? Don't get mixed up in those things. There's one awesome nation from the spiritual realm. And if you know Jesus Christ as your savior and the Holy Spirit lives in you, you're in that chosen generation that's impacting the world and makes one great nation of impact for God. The third phrase is really confusing for us because we're not used to being called a priest. Now we know that the whole Protestant Reformation started because of the belief in the priesthood of each believer. You don't have to go to a priest and ask for access to God. Every true believer has access to God through the blood of Jesus Christ. Isn't that a good thing? That's awesome. And for those of you who grew up with that tradition, it's great for the, the light to come on that you have access, Romans chapter 5, to God yourself. You can talk to him and he wants to hear from you. But none of us have, been, have really wrapped our mind around being a royal priesthood. What is that? Even in the nation of Israel, it wasn't a royal priesthood. That's a new term. Because in the Bible, it was very clear that the royalty and the priesthood was always separate. Remember when Saul, the king, took it upon himself to offer a sacrifice with Samuel, the priest was supposed to do it? And that's what ended his time as being king. God says, I've rejected you from being king because you're the royal side and you're taking on the role of a priest. You're not supposed to do that. Well, here it's almost like it's a typo. It's called a royal priesthood. That's why this is a unique situation. When God uses believers around the world in his chosen generation, his royal priesthood, he allows us all of us who know Christ as our Savior, to be co-heirs with Christ, joint heirs and co-heirs with Christ, able to speak directly, every one of us. And I know we can't think about that. Like, how does God hear everybody at the same time? Here's the explanation. He's God. You can't hear, I can't hear my wife giving me instructions most of the time. I certainly can't hear two and three people talking to me at the same time and process them. But God hears and gives access to every believer on the planet. If we all prayed at exactly the same time, he'd, 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 we'd all have his full attention. Isn't that awesome? A royal priesthood. There is no glory. There is no royalty. There is no position higher than the position that you've been given in Jesus Christ. If the devil could keep us in our pajamas, waiting for the pandemic to completely end, and waiting for life to get back to normal, and not living as the royal priesthood, the chosen generation of God, the people who can see and believe and ask God to do awesome things all over the globe, then he's won his victory. He can't take away our salvation, but he can sure get you to live like you don't have it. That's what he's trying to do. He's trying to make us live in, in, in weakness mode when actually God is saying to us, you are a chosen generation, a holy nation, a royal priesthood. You have access to the King of Kings 
and Lord of Lords, and he wants to talk to you and wants to hear from you every day. Last time I was here, we talked about quiet time, and a couple of you came up to me throughout the time that night, that day, and also afterwards and said, hey, I started reading my Bible, and I'm doing the Reading the Bible program. I want to encourage you to get into the Word of God every day. Don't, don't, take, don't let anybody take that from you. You're part of a royal priesthood. God wants to speak with you, communicate with you every day. He wants you to be his point person if you know him as your savior. And there are people that God strategically is bringing into your life on your job, at the grocery store, everywhere. And he wants us to start living like a holy chosen generation of people for his glory. Let's look at the other phrases that are here. It says, we are his own special people that we might proclaim the praises of him who called you out of darkness into his marvelous light. Let me just talk about the Jews for a minute. You know in the Bible that the Jews got mixed up in this. They were God's holy nation. They were God's chosen people. And they got focused as a people on their ethnic difference. They, they, they didn't like the Gentiles. They, would, they got to where by the time Jesus came on the earth, the Jews were washing themselves extra just in case they happened to bump into a Gentile. So they looked at their holy nation status or their chosen status as a distinction from the people around them. When if you read the Ten Commandments, it says, because I am God, I have called you to be a blessing to the nations. They were supposed to be a blessing to the nations, not washing themselves in case they bumped into one. That was the opposite. And so for us as the New Testament church, as those born again of by Christ, we're supposed to be showing the world the praises of him who has transformed us from living in darkness to living in light. God's lining up people. He has already lined up people who are listening to what you're doing and listening to what we're saying. And they're saying, what those people have, I need. A relationship with God. And we're supposed to be the ones that tell them how they can have it too by the grace of Jesus Christ, by the blood of Jesus Christ. God is anxious for us to live as his chosen people. Let's go down one more verse. I want to show you just two more things and then we're going to be done. We were once not, verse 10 says, who once were, a, were not a people, but now you are the people of God, who had not obtained mercy, but now you have obtained mercy. I don't have time to, to go into each one of those phrases, but I do want to concentrate on this next one that comes up in verse 11. It says, Beloved, I beg you as sojourners and pilgrims. How are we supposed to live coming out of the other side of COVID? How are we supposed to live in light of the Ukrainian invasion by Russia and all the things we see on our news? Are we supposed to walk around depressed and go, man, this world's falling apart? No, this world's falling right into the same thing that God said it would. We're so close to the end now, it's, you got to get ready. I've been thinking this week, how do I want to live so that when Christ comes, it might be soon? What do I want to be doing? 
Do I still want to be in my pajamas waiting for the COVID crisis to end and we don't have to wear masks anymore? Or do I want to just, whatever the conditions are, I'm a chosen generation, a royal priesthood. I'm out here impacting people's lives however I can for the glory of God because God's chosen me to be that person. He says, live like a sojourner and a pilgrim. Those are two words I just heard this week that somebody's named their child Sojourner. I thought that was an interesting name for a brand new baby, Sojourner. But what does Sojourner and Pilgrim, what do those two words have in common? Here we go. Ready? You're going somewhere. Both those words mean you're not where you're ending up. You're on your way there. That's how he wants us to live. Live like we're going somewhere. Bermuda's a beautiful place. And I've heard many people say, I want to come back here after the rapture. Well, I don't know. I'm pretty sure when it says in the book of Revelation that the islands are cast into the sea, that one that's planted on top of a volcano might actually be one of those ones that goes kaboom. I don't know that for sure. But I wouldn't, put your, I wouldn't bank on the fact that Bermuda might still be here in the new heaven and new earth. So if you love it, enjoy it now, but it may not be here. That's not the point. You're going to glory. There's going to be a new heaven and a new earth, and nobody's going to say, boy, sure wish I could go back to Horseshoe Bay now. You're not going to say that when you get to heaven. You're not going to say that when God does a new heaven and a new earth. It's all going to be awesome. Folks, we're pilgrims. We're sojourners. We're going somewhere. Like that missionary story when, remember, the, the, the lady was getting off the, the cruise boat and nobody was there to see him after years of ministry. And it says, nobody's here to greet you. I'm sure you've heard the story before. And the missionary says, that's because we're not home yet. We're not home yet. We're on our way home. I beg you, live like a sojourner. Live like a pilgrim. And then he says, abstain from fleshly lusts that war against your soul. God has blessed us here in Bermuda so that we don't have many things. If you were in the Ukraine right now, there's a lots of things that we're praying for the people of the Ukraine for. In our youth group, we were just praying two, two Fridays ago about what it's like to be a teenager. And your dad's home in your country. You're in a new country. No visa, no job, no hope for any money and dependent on people you don't even know who speak a different language to take care of you. That's devastating. There's people right now going through that, and you've been praying for them, as so have we. But God is saying here that we need to be careful because we get comfortable and allow fleshly lust or comfort things to keep us from engaging in what God wants us to do. In Bermuda, we don't really have many things stopping us from being able to serve the Lord. So let's not let anything stop us from serving the Lord. Let's be fully engaged. I be Beloved, I beg you as sojourners and pilgrims, abstain from fleshy lusts that tie you down, that hold you back, and have your conduct honoring among the Gentiles, so that when they speak against you as evildoers, and they will, they're going to call us right-wing whatever, they're going to call us Jesus-only people, you think yours is the only way. No, it's not that we think it's the only way. Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. That's pretty exclusive, isn't it? 
You can't make your message all-inclusive and leave the exclusivity of Jesus out of it because there is only one Savior. There is only one person who loves you enough to die on the cross for your sin and paid for every sin you've ever committed. So your message has to be clear and it has to be you all, everybody needs a relationship with Jesus Christ. But you're not going to be popular for sharing that. And so you are going to be spoken evil of. But it says that they, even as they speak against you as evildoers, they may by your good works which they observe glorify God in the day of visitation. Evangelical church, I, I see that we have to get ourselves engaged again. Um, it always was that most of the work was being done by a few, I know. But if you're one of those ones that spiritually you're still sort of in your pajamas, you're waiting till it gets to another day to try to jump in and do everything that God's put in your heart to do, I want to encourage you, now's the time. Now's the time. If you were thinking about, well, maybe I'd like to, one day I'd like to have God use me to whatever that is that he's put in your heart to do, I want you to start praying about doing it now. I want you to... I want you to Talk it over as a family and say, what, what do you think God might want to use us to do? Who has God placed around us that we're supposed to be that chosen generation, that light, that, that message to? Who is really looking? It's amazing how many people are already looking to your life if you know Christ as your Savior. They're already looking at your life. And I'm praying for my life that I would wake up and recognize the opportunities that God's given me as his chosen generation, his royal priesthood, the people that are supposed to be living like sojourners and pilgrims, passing through and taking as many people with us as we possibly can. I want to encourage you. Let's be the people on this planet that God saved us to be. Let's get excited about what you're doing here for missions, what Trevor and the team have put together for missions is an awesome opportunity to be a part of the bigger picture of what God's doing around the world. Would you pray about being involved, not just because Word of Life's one of the things, I'm just saying that for, for you, for you being in the game, in, the, in the, the, the fight, the spiritual journey that God's prepared for you. Think about what that needs to be. If you're running the race, an opportunity to even run on the 24th of May or the 27th of May and make that count for eternity. Just everything that you do, Lord, I want to be fully engaged. A chosen generation, a holy nation, a royal priesthood, sojourners, pilgrims, just passing through, not getting tied up with the flesh and the things that hold me back spiritually, but fully engaged, taking every opportunity that God gives me. Not someday, today. Let's pray. Lord, I thank you that we're alive. I know that Many people have said, this is the end of the age. And I'm not saying that. I'm not saying when the end of the age is. But I'm saying, and I can see that you're preparing us to be believers who are not waiting, waiting for it to get better, waiting for it to go back to some way it was. We're going to be engaged right now. 
We're going to trust that, God, you've called us, you've saved us, you live inside of us, and the Spirit of God wants to use us to be engaged in touching people's lives all around this world. Thank you for the opportunity to give to the camp in the States and, and, and to what Ryan and Ashley are doing in their ministry. Thank you, Father, for our young people who have, who have listened to your call and they've given their lives to serve you. And there's many of them, even from this church, who have heard your call and given their life to serve you full time. Oh, God, help us to be engaged in supporting them and then help us also to live out that royal priesthood responsibility that you've given us because the time of your return is getting close. Help us to be actively involved today, we pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Thank you for listening to our podcast. For more information, check out our website at ecb.bm. Join us again next week for our next podcast.